0: Have better sleep and feel more calm? Grab the link in the show notes and get 25% off of your first order.
1: Curiously enough, acupuncture is not just sticking needles into people. It's part of a coherent and observation-based medicine that experienced practitioners of the art have handed down over the centuries. I'm Michael Max, your host and guide of Everyday Acupuncture. Listen in as we explore how you can apply the principles of this ancient medicine in your everyday life. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Everyday Acupuncture Podcast. Today, my guest is Farah Duro. Farah is a licensed acupuncturist and a reproductive specialist who lives in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And she's been helping women with their fertility, and she's been helping them with various menstrual issues. She's got over 15 years of experience helping women with a particular issue, polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS which can be really troublesome if you're trying to get pregnant, and it's just really troublesome if you're trying to be a woman in the modern world in general. So I'm really happy to have her on the show with me today to talk about this issue, because there's not a whole lot that Western medicine can do for this, and Chinese medicine can do tremendous things for women's health in general, and PCOS in particular. Farah, welcome to Everyday Acupuncture Podcast.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, it's great. When I was in Chinese medicine school, one of the things that was surprising to me, especially in the beginning, is how much time my teachers would spend interviewing a woman about her period and what was going on with her menstrual cycle and that sort of thing. It was just, I mean, at first it was just mind boggling. I had no idea why they were doing that. And later I came to find out that. This is a really important aspect of a woman, not just for women's health, but just daily health. Just, you kind of get a reading on what's going on through the period. And then I come to find out later, there's a lot of things that Chinese medicine could do to help women with this issue. What I'm curious to know, what got you interested particularly in treating PCOS?
2: Um, it actually started with a flying pack of birth control pills, literally hitting me in the head. So, a flying um, pack
1: of birth control pills.
2: Yes. So <laughs> I, you know, I had no idea that I was actually, uh, that I actually had PCOS myself. And so um, I was in pre-med and I have uh, a lot of doctors in my family and nurses. They're all the Western um, medicine perspective, and I was always fascinated with herbs, and I really just decided, I know that something's happening, I really want to know the answer to this, but nothing, nobody's given me any choices except for, you know, birth control. And so I tried um, several gynecologists when I was in uh, undergraduate school. And I said, I want to you know, just really figure out what's going on with me. And all they could offer was just, here, take these birth control pills. It'll fix everything, your acne, your irregular cycles, uh, your mood swings, your PMS. And, and I actually have a pretty strong reaction to any type of medication. And I just couldn't take birth control. like My body just completely rejected it.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of women are like this.
2: Yes. And, you know, a lot of nausea and um, just, you know, horrible side effects. So I kept telling them, please, I know I'm only 19 years old, but I know my body and I can't take this. So what other options are there? And the the fourth gynecologist I saw, he literally, he said, here, take these. There's no other option. Just take them and he threw them at me and said if you don't take them then just don't bother coming back and i said okay that's it (laughs) i'm ready to uh to find another answer and really at that moment that was really life-changing and i just said i'm done i i I, I researched um we had actually a, a nice medical library at my school and um and I, I found actually, like, it was a small section of acupuncture books, and I had never had acupuncture before, and um, where I'm from, actually, acupuncture is still not regulated in the state of Alabama, so I just said, this is this is amazing, this treatment. It, it can do so many different things, and I really wish I could, get you know, have this treatment, so um, I did a lot of research, and I just decided that all the herbs that that actually you know included all different things like that said i'm gonna just go to school for this and hopefully i get treated but i have a feeling that it's going to help me
1: so you were looking for an answer to your own problem
2: right that's pretty much it and and actually just i knew there are other women that were suffering i mean i knew i could not be the only person in the world um with this so you know i just said well let me let me just figure out what I can do when I get to school. So they, I was nineteen and I started acupuncture school, and it's um, kind of a leap I, of faith, is it? <laughs> yeah, it was. I moved to Florida and I said, "You know, there's no looking back. I'm I'm either gonna at least if I never even practice this medicine, I'm gonna hopefully heal myself, and that was really my goal. So, and um, it worked. I mean, I I actually ended up with normal cycles. I'd never known what that was, but I actually had a normal, let's say, 35-day-ish um, uh, cycle. And before it was 60 to 90 days uh, each time I would get my, my cycle. So, um, And, you know, very little mood swings, um, no pain. I actually had a lot of pain before. So, you know, that was something that it to me was just a miracle for me. So I said, this is it. I'm, I'm going to devote my life to this. And this is what I want to do. <laughs> so here you are. That's great. Yeah. Here I am. Twenty years later. Wonderful. So. Let's
1: let's dig into this a bit because my suspicion is that there's a lot of women listening to this show as we speak, and, or maybe their partners are listening to the show, right? Trying to find some help. So let's let's go a little bit into this. Let's go into what PCOS is. Um, And then let's find out about what Chinese medicine has to offer. So let's let's start off with what is polycystic ovarian syndrome and how does it arise and what kind of problems does it cause?
2: The label, they actually should be a different name for it because it's not actually a cystic condition in most respects. I mean, it involves the whole body and it is a syndrome. So there are several things that are going on at the same time. Um, You can have polycystic ovaries on an ultrasound. So it can look like a little string of pearls around the ovaries and that's kind of a, a characteristic that some people have, but not everybody. And to be diagnosed with PCOS, you really just need two out of the following three criteria. And it's really, um, one could be lack of or irregular ovulation. So maybe you're not ovulating every month or getting your period every month. And Uh, Also, the other one is hyperandrogenism. So um, you could have increased testosterone and DHEA. You could notice it by if you have abnormal facial hair, maybe you have a significant amount of acne or also you're losing your scalp hair. So that's another uh, sign that you you might want to investigate. And then the third one, which we talked about, it would be uh, polycystic ovaries. So... um, so two out of three would actually be, according to the Rotterdam criteria, it basically um, is a diagnosis of PCOS. So um, and then along with this, you can also experience infertility, uh, weight gain and depression, mood swings and acne and irregular cycles. So all of those things are kind of go hand in hand and um, you don't have to have all of them. Again, you can have you know, a few or you can have every single symptom in the book.
1: So it's sort of a cluster of different, of different symptoms.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And if you have enough of those, then there's your diagnosis. Of course, it could show up with the ultrasound. You got that string of pearls like you were talking about, those, those cysts, which can be incredibly painful.
2: Mm -hmm. There, there's different types of cysts. I mean, there are some that uh, some people just have ovarian cysts. So they don't have PCOS, uh, but they have ovarian cysts that can rupture and be painful. But you can also have cysts that rupture and have PCOS. So it is a little confusing. And that's why there's so much undiagnosed PCOS out there. I mean, it's Probably at least 50% of cases are just not getting diagnosed. Um, And in, in my case, I wasn't even told that I had it. I had to really research it and later discovered that that was what was going on.
1: And as you were saying, by and large, the conventional medicine system is simply going to use synthetic hormonal birth control as a way to try to get those symptoms under control.
2: Right. That's, I mean, that's one of the techniques that definitely you can do, and that can work for a lot of people. In um, my case, it was not effective and uh, wasn't an option, but the, the only thing we run into is that we're forgetting um, one of the major components of PCOS is abnormal or low blood sugar. Um, you can also have really fluctuating blood sugar. So if you don't address that, then you still have the syndrome. It's just being a little bit disguised.
1: That's well. interesting. Talk to us a bit more about this blood sugar relationship.
2: Blood sugar is everything. (laughs) It is so crucial. I mean, if you don't take care of that, then you're going to have a snowball effect of all the other things happening. So, you know, it's so important to address it. And how we usually look at it is, well, in the state of Florida, we can order lab work as well. And we often ask patients to bring their labs in with them. And there is a whole list of tests that should be involved with um, looking at PCOS and seeing uh, what's going on in the body, not just testosterone, but also getting insulin levels, fasting glucose, and that sort of thing. So, you know, it can be that if you can control that, and some people do take prescription medication for that as well, such as metformin. But a lot of times if you can control that, then a lot of the other symptoms will actually start getting better. Mm-hmm. So it is sort of like metabolic syndrome in a way. But It,
1: it's it, it sounds like an aspect of metabolic syndrome.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Would it be fair to say that insulin drives PCOS?
2: Yes. I mean, if you're having... any kind of issue with the pancreas um, No, not doing what it's supposed to or you're eating. Let's say, you know something that um, Actually provokes a lot of symptoms with PCOS So we call it like tell our patients stay away from the white foods or a lot of refined carbohydrates and things like that That's actually going to create more blood sugar and more insulin than your body knows what to do with it, it could be stored as fat and then that fat actually can drive up your estrogen. So we see that you know excess estrogen a lot of times in the body, not having enough progesterone to balance it can create a lot of issues and you know also can make you more prone to cyst. So um, it's you know one thing leads to another, and we really need that's why you know a lot of times this is such a, this is such a complicated thing to address because you have to look at exercise, nutrition, um, stress levels as well, your cortisol is a major issue with you know not not controlling cortisol is I, I think one of the biggest components too I mean if you somebody who has Pcos who has a lot of stress in their lives it's actually going to manifest very differently and than somebody without it so
1: okay would it be fair to say that people who have metabolic syndrome or actively have diabetes women in this case? would be more prone to PCOS or it would exacerbate it if they have it?
2: We know there's a genetic aspect to this. Um, For instance, my father has type 2 diabetes. I do have a a, um, bigger chance of having diabetes myself. I have a greater risk because of family history and also because of PCOS. So Mm -hmm. it is, um, to me, like a pre-diabetic condition. So, and it's a warning sign. So if we can get it under control, we're actually protecting uh, women against diabetes and heart disease.
1: That's a real win-win, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does Chinese medicine help with this? What are, you know, if someone's considering Chinese medicine, acupuncture, herbs, that sort of thing to help with this. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you would go about treating a woman who comes in and You know, she's been diagnosed, she's got all the symptoms. Uh, Where do you start? What do you do?
2: Uh, I mean, it it is a good question because, as you mentioned, Chinese medicine really puts a lot of emphasis on the period itself. We ask so many questions about it because that's our report card. So we always start with the period. So, you know, how is it? Have you had a cycle in six or nine months? Maybe not. When you have a cycle, is it painful? how, how many days do you bleed? So there's many different questions to ask with that. And a lot of times women don't remember when their last period was because it was so long ago. Um, so we have to start with that. And then um, we look also at, you know, the stress level that someone's under in, in the pulse. You can feel it a lot of times. Um, it's a certain quality that the pulse will take on when, when a woman is under a great deal of stress stress um, and you know we call it wiry or we could call it different things but it, it really can be um, a reflection of what's going on in her body too and so we look at um, also improving blood flow to the ovaries as well acupuncture is great for that it um, also can reduce stress levels it helps lower cortisol there's several studies of that- have shown that and also it can regulate blood sugar so I actually studied in China with uh, in a hospital that actually focused on working with diabetics and doing research with that Um, and that actually made me very curious about PCOS as well like how can these herbs that they're using help with PCOS if they're helping with diabetes they have to help with PCOS.
1: And you found this to be the case? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah I often and I suspect you do too in fact I think probably many acupuncturists will get this question. Uh, Someone comes in, they've got a certain issue. It might be asthma. It might be PCOS. It could be, you know, whatever, headaches. And they'll say, okay, what herb do I take for that? And it's Mm -hmm. usually a much more complicated and nuanced response because we always work with people as individuals. Mm Mm-hmm. And without getting into too much Chinese medicine tech talk, even though a lot of practitioners like to listen to the show, can you give us kind of a, a breakdown of some different, like, I guess you could say constitutional types or different patterns that women come in with? I mean, maybe they might be able to recognize themselves in some of these.
2: Uh, right. I mean, another misconception about PCOS is that someone has to be overweight. And that's not true. I mean, it you do have a harder time losing weight, that's for sure. So, but it doesn't, I have a lot of patients who are thin with PCOS. And um, and so, you know, it, it. I would say that you probably would think something might be going on if your cycles are irregular. That's probably number one. So, that's a signal. And, you know, and also, I would say looking at the the quality of your skin uh, and your hair. And so not everybody with acne has PCOS. We know that. But if you have irregular cycles and acne, you might have, some idea, okay, maybe something's going on. Also, if you've been trying to get pregnant for, let's say, six months to a year, nothing happening, um, then definitely you want to investigate that. Perhaps you're not ovulating, and that's really the number one reason why women with PCOS don't get pregnant. It's because they're not ovulating. So so you really want to figure out, okay, if, if, if you are experiencing these symptoms, don't wait that's the thing like time is is really important because it, the more that's the da- most dangerous thing with PCOS is is actually being on birth control sometimes we see patients for like 10 to 20 years on birth control and then getting off and then realizing oh my gosh i'm not my body's not working like i it should be
1: right in fact for some of these women their body wasn't working the way it should be when they were put on birth control
2: right that's the issue so you know and and then it's it's a frustration that comes up like how, why was I not told this? And I could have been, you know, doing something about this. And maybe, you know, that, that frustration also can also lead to more stress. (laughs) So, you know, it's a snowball effect. I love when moms bring their daughters in who have just been diagnosed with PCOS and maybe they're 14 or 15. And they're like, you know what, maybe we can investigate other things that I don't really want to put her on birth control. Let's just see like what we can do. And they just, they get so much, uh, such better results just by addressing things early on. And, And it doesn't mean if you're 40, you still can't address PCOS, definitely you can. And in some aspects, some parts of PCOS actually get better with age. You actually get less symptomatic as you go older. But if, if we're trying to look at the quality of life and really helping somebody early on, it's just if you're a mom and your daughter is experiencing some of these symptoms, you know, there's, a, there's, just, there's options out there. And Chinese medicine is one of them but but definitely uh you would like you know it would be great to find a practitioner who works with women's health who's familiar with PCOS and um and perhaps perhaps not even needing a whole lot of treatments but just really getting them on the right track maybe it's an herbal formula that would really be beneficial
1: yeah the benefit of getting this kind of thing early on is we're always more vital when we're younger and so if you can change somebody's trajectory at a younger age it it just makes such a difference over their lifetime
2: it's just it's amazing and i we actually had a patient who is an instagram model and her whole work was her face and you know and and she suffered from acne and pcos so and she didn't want to be on birth control anymore. It actually wasn't working for her. She was still getting acne despite having been on birth control. And so she uh, was about 20 years old, decided to get off birth control. And it was one of the most frightening decisions because she said, "Well, you know what? My acne's bad now. When I get off birth control, it might really get bad."
1: Yeah, there goes my career.
2: Right, exactly. And so, but you know what happened with that is we just as she came in and, and eased off birth control, we transitioned with Chinese herbal formulas. And then looking at her her diet and eliminating sugar and really getting her, her diet cleaned up quite a bit. She she was very proactive about taking her herbs and changing her diet, coming in weekly uh, for acupuncture sessions. And I mean, just happy to say she just doesn't have a trace of acne. And she's just got booked for a movie in Europe. And she's doing great. So I don't see her that often, but, you know, she's really been, uh, I think, just just incorporating that self-care and now takes the herbs as needed, doesn't have to take it all the time. And she's, she's just off to a great start. So,
1: yeah. So her body's just doing what it's supposed to do in the first place at this point. Right. Exactly. Generally speaking, how long does it take to see some results and get somebody to the place where this person you just mentioned is at where you know, on occasion she needs some herbs, you know, on a daily basis, she needs, you know, to pay attention to her diet and exercise and such. But, you know, generally speaking to turn around, yeah, you know, how long does it take mm-hmm. to turn things around so that a woman can have normal periods and kind of a normal life, good hair, clear skin, uh, comfortable periods? How long does it take?
2: Uh, you know, depending on The severity, it's really, I I usually give patients a timetable. Let's say, what are your goals? Is it to regulate your cycle or is it to regulate your cycle and conceive? Because... With when we're working with someone f- with infertility who has PCOS, it's going to be a little bit longer treatment time. And sometimes we we have to use intervention as well. We work with their reproductive endocrinologist with the severe types, no matter what. And it's a small percentage, but no matter what uh, you do, it's just that it's very difficult uh, for them to ovulate. So in that case, we've had some patients who treat up to a year. In the more, I guess, uh, I guess like I, I, I mean, I'd say patients who are younger or who have less severe PCOS to moderate PCOS, you can see changes within two to three months.
1: Two to three months. Mm-hmm. So the periods begin to regulate and they become more comfortable and skin changes, all, all of that.
2: Yep, yeah, definitely. And, and also it depends on the amount of weight too. If someone is coming in who's 100 pounds overweight versus 20 pounds or 30 pounds, you're going to have definitely a, a shorter treatment span. But Even just a 15 to 20% drop in weight can actually help a lot with regulating the ovulation, which also regulates the the cycles.
1: Right. You were mentioning that there's something about the storage of fat and estrogen, and estrogen sort of drives this thing. Talk to us a bit about that connection between body weight and uh, hormonal balance.
2: Right. I and mean, usually when we see someone who is overweight, uh, their levels of estrogen are usually higher than someone who is underweight or of normal weight. So because it's stored in body fat, we see that definitely going to play a, a role if we look at their blood work. And also we do uh, hormone saliva testing, which is actually going to show us the ratio of estrogen to progesterone and also what's adequate for their age range so and what's actually circulating. So that that's something that we urge our patients to do is look at the whole picture, and we also test their stress hormones. So seeing someone who has a large estrogen burden, we have to also consider that they're not producing enough progesterone, typically, to balance all that estrogen, and that can be dangerous over time. And, you know, it's, it's something that we try to work on a preventative level and say, you know what, let's do some things that maybe will help. Let's use some herbs that will be a little bit detoxifying that can actually also help a little bit with weight loss and, you know, tweak the diet a little bit and use protein with every meal. And, you know, sometimes like in my case, I was vegetarian when I and I, and I didn't know how to eat properly. So I was eating a lot of carbs. And you can have a vegetarian diet and have PCOS, but you have to be extremely cognizant of your protein intake. So um, that's something we work with, just you know, incorporating protein with each meal to help balance the blood sugar a little bit. And also that can help, I mean, as you lose weight, your estrogen actually can go down.
1: Seems like the uh, fat stores are actually kind of a hormone-secreting organ.
2: Right, and, and, you know, with... Um, With lack of ovulation becomes actually lack of progesterone because, as we know, like when you ovulate, that's when your body starts producing progesterone form the corpus luteum. So you're getting actually less progesterone exposure and that creates an estrogen dominant environment. So when we look at what a lot of our patients need is they need progesterone. (laughs) So we actually do have sometimes some bioidentical progesterone creams that are plant-based that provide significant relief with a lot of the symptoms they're having. So sometimes we need to incorporate that. And also certain herbs um, like Vitex, for instance, they actually favor a good healthy estrogen progesterone ratio. So just using, especially with younger girls, using Vitex is wonderful because they can actually start having normal cycles with that. Um, Checking your vitamin D levels. Something that we've noticed with PCOS over time is that, um, and just women in general are just low in vitamin D. So looking at the D levels and just supplementing with you know, maybe 5,000 well, 5, IUs a day of vitamin D is usually pretty adequate. And sometimes that alone can actually help bring on their cycle. So uh, working with the nutritional, you know, well, the tools that we have as far as herbal medicine and then a good omega-3 as well is one of the recommendations that we give our patients, a high-potency omega-3, um, because that actually brings up the healthy fats as well. And if we look at their cholesterol levels, a lot of times – You know, the triglycerides are high because they're eating too many refined carbohydrates. So, so there's just some things that we can really help with as far as hormonal balance. And that's just going to help in the long run. Like I said, I mentioned before protecting them against diabetes as well as heart disease.
1: Right. You mentioned cortisol and high levels are a problem. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: How does Chinese medicine address that stuff?
2: So Chinese medicine is remarkable to me because it has so many great adaptogens. Um, And we we always think of ginseng, but there's also several other herbs that can help with balancing those cortisol levels. They found licorice to be one of them. It's very good. Um, And we know gansao. It's in almost every formula. (laughs) It's in so many formulas. So we look at that as maybe, you know, cinnamon also helps balance blood sugar levels. So working, uh, I always tell patients, you know, we don't usually prescribe single herbs. Our herbs that we prescribe are formulas. So every herb and that formula has a role to play and it can balance out another herb. So um, taking formulas are something that, whether it's in tea form or, or capsule form, something that we consider as important or if not even maybe more important than acupuncture um, when you're looking at helping with cortisol levels, with blood sugar, and also balancing out you know, estrogen-progesterone ratios as well. Yeah.
1: You mentioned that it generally takes longer. There's a longer course of treatment when women are trying to get pregnant. Uh, why is it so important to get this under control to help women get pregnant?
2: Right. I mean, usually when we're speaking to someone and they have been trying at the point that they're coming to see us, they're just really, really frustrated. And I think that, you know, again, the frustration leads to uh, higher amounts of stress. And then it turns to, oh my God, is my bo- am I ever going to ovulate again? Or is, is can my body do this? So we try to just back it up a little bit and say, let's think about things we can do to help you actually have a better pregnancy because we're, our goal is to help you ovulate obviously and help balance your body. But we also want to create a healthy environment for when you're pregnant so that we're not forcing anything and that you have, you know, a nice, enjoyable, healthy pregnancy. It's, it um, If you're going into pregnancy already with a lot of hormonal imbalances, your cortisol through the roof, your adrenals are, you know, exhausted. It's really Hard And, you know, bearing maybe 40, 50 extra pounds um, to go into a pregnancy feeling good. And then also setting you up for a higher risk of gestational diabetes. Uh, that's one of the, the risk factors with PCOS when you're pregnant. And now there is a study that has come out about when someone has high testosterone who's pregnant, uh, which a lot of women with PCOS do, the risk of autism goes up. So you're, you know, dealing with a lot of factors that if we can actually address these beforehand, um, it's going to be just better all around for the mom and the baby.
1: Absolutely. Wow. All those problems that you can prevent
2: Mm -hmm.
1: by making sure that they're healthy when they go into their pregnancy. Mm -hmm. What else should women know about how Chinese medicine can help them with PCOS?
2: I think that in the long run, we have to uh, be patient with our bodies and know that Chinese medicine is actually going to help teach us self-care and putting ourselves first sometimes. And I think that we see this a lot where women will take on the world and we'll put every single thing in front of our own health. And um, I always say like the time that you come in and you just lay on that treatment table and maybe it's once a week or twice a week or once a month but that's your time um and you know it's you shut off your cell phone um you you do a meditation during a treatment um but you know that's your time and be patient because it is a process um so you know with that said um that I, most people it find it very hard to relax if their cortisol is very high, they're under a lot of stress. That first, uh, I don't know if you've had experience, some people will lay on the treatment table and their mind is just racing still. So it's like, you know what, give it a chance. Uh, you know, Give it a few sessions to just kind of get your mind to start being a little bit more quiet. And, um, and then you'll feel the difference where your body actually will start to work better. And you might still have stress, but it just falls off a little easier and you can cope. So um, that's something that I, I always stress with patients. You know what, self-care is, is so important. I actually incorporate Arvigo Mayan abdominal therapy as well. And that is something that um, with acupuncture, I find that's just phenomenal to also teach women part of the self-care. I do teach them uh, an abdominal massage they can do at home. And that's just for me, it's it's um it's been mind blowing because the the really looking at somebody who's maybe had you know one cycle every six months when you combine that treatment with the herbs with the nutritional recommendations you just see so like just to me like the results are have been um so much faster uh, with women and it's really I mean I think too more about you know bringing more blood flow to the ovaries and then just working with alignment of their, their, you know, coccyx, their sacrum, all of that as well. And we know all the points back there um, in acupuncture theory on the sacrum are really powerful for regulating women's cycles. So, so that's just something that we, we have that are, in our toolbox is just, you know, incredibly helpful as well.
1: Yeah. You mentioned before we went on the air here that you've got a podcast coming out. Tell us a little bit what that's going to be about and and what women can expect to learn by dialing in and having a listen.
2: I am very excited because this has been something that I've been wanting to do now for years, and I'm finally um, really, you know, able to do this at this point. I'm, we're we actually are going to be launching the PCOS Revolution on December first, and um, this is actually my my hope is that women around the world can actually listen to this and just have some aha moments and say, you know what, yeah, that's me. I need to. I need to get some help you know and and um or maybe they have you know like you mentioned a family member someone suffering and it's basically going to be just an all-around 360 view of different techniques that we use for pcos that can be really helpful so for instance we have a psychologist who's coming on who suffered from a very severe form of pcos herself and actually has a is actually has two children and she's going to give tips on how to deal with the depression and the anxiety that can come along with that because that also is overlooked quite a bit. Um, but 60% of women with PCOS suffer from anxiety and depression. So, um, you know, So that's another thing. We'll have a reproductive endocrinologist who's coming on to talk about the Western medicine side and how that can be integrated also with Chinese medicine and, and what to watch out for if you are going through IVF or IUI and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, then we also have a naturopath who is going to be talking about how she works with women uh, who have PCOS. So it's it's just really exciting, and I just can't wait for that to happen. So
1: that sounds great. And that you said that's going up uh, in December of uh, 2017, right?
2: Yes. So everybody who's interested in PCOS, please dial in, or if you uh, if you have a loved one who you know might be suffering,
1: I will be sure to put a link to that on the show notes page. So. Uh, people can just get right to it if you just hop over to the uh, Everyday Acupuncture Podcast dot com website uh, and go to the show notes for this uh, this interview here. You'll get access to the to the podcast that Farrah is doing. That'd, that'd be great. Farrah, anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners before we wind this thing down?
2: Um, yeah, there's hope. I mean, definitely, um, if you're a practitioner who works with women with PCOS or you're a patient, um, there's just so many things that you can do to really kick this to the curb. So I, I really want to, if, if I don't leave it with anything else, I just hope that, you know, that, that definitely there's help out there. And uh, this is something that you can definitely overcome.
1: That's good news. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today.
2: Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Acupuncture. If so, please take a moment, click on the iTunes review button, and leave a review of the show. And be sure to tune in again next week.